2: The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote Bet with Tote and support racing in the UK and Ireland
1: Thank you Kira. A pretty exciting weekend of racing ahead And I'm very much looking forward to previewing it With uh, two of the very best in the game First of all uh, A man who will be appearing On our Cheltenham Festival Preview Night Which is (gasps) This Wednesday Oh my god And we're on camera Rory Rory DeLarge, NAPS champion of 2020, bringing the gravy for the weekend. How are you, my friend?
0: Very well, thank you, Alan.
1: Excellent, excellent. Uh, we were on a meeting for about five hours there earlier on, so we were well acquainted uh, for, for the day. Uh, and also a man who I was speaking to this morning and is an absolute legend as well. He is the author of the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide, which I'm delighted to say will be fully available tomorrow. Uh, And you can get it in... If you want to go old school in book format, that's fine. I I, I don't mind. You want to do that? That's okay. Uh, But do what I do and get the digital version. Um, I just think it's better. I prefer it. I'm trying to convert people to things. Um, when I say that, by the way, I'm not like saying that in like a Russell Brand "Let's all have a revolution" thing. I mean, I'm like record a WhatsApp voice message instead of type uh, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I just I prefer reading stuff on my iPad, and uh, I particularly like reading Paul's stuff and uh, Mark uh, Mark Hard stuff on my uh, on my iPad as well. So uh, look, it's um, it's out tomorrow, mate. So you've finished all of the work um how excited are you about the 2021 weatherby's cheltenham festival betting guide finally being released to the public
2: i am excited hello ms nice to be back i was pretty excited last tuesday when it finally went to print <laughs> and it was all <laughs> done and dusted that's uh, after a fraud past week or so week couple of weeks leading up to it but um now all good got it over the line last tuesday um off to print so look forward to seeing a copy hopefully i'll see a copy tomorrow or over the weekend at some point when one arrives yeah um and you'll be pleased to hear that mark howard is actually one of the um one of the the guests who put up the banker the for the festival this year so you'll even get to read mark's work in, in this year's book
1: oh that is legendary mark is back on the podcast soon by the way so that is absolutely superb Um, and it makes it even better. So, uh, because the final Furlong podcast is very good to our incredibly loyal audience and, um, our incredibly loyal listeners. Uh, we hooked up with Weatherby's and, uh, we given you gravy five pounds off. In fact, five pounds off the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide. I think this applies to the bundle as well. I'm pretty sure. Um, apologies if it doesn't. It, that's on me. But I think it does. So go to BetTrends. I like the way Paul just laughed in the background going, I didn't say it. Uh, Bettrends- yeah. Uk. The promo code that you need is Final21. It's all lowercase. All right. So Final21. Um, I cannot, I'm not just saying this because Paul's on the show. This is a, every single year I get this. Every single year I get the Cheltenham Festival betting guide. And I used to buy it in, in the book format. Uh, I now buy it in, in PDF format. I just prefer it in PDF. Uh, you can search for horses m- more quickly. You can search for Rory DeLarragui's content uh, more quickly, that kind of stuff. Uh, so UK uh, is the sister site of Weatherbees. Head there, um, decide what you want. If you want the book they'll send it out to you post taste uh if you want the pdf paul i presume it's emailed to you pretty quickly
2: it is yeah i know that the, um, the girls in the office have already set up those who are pre-ordered so as soon as it's published tomorrow they'll anyone who has pre-ordered will receive an email uh, from veterans with details of how to log in and they'll have it on screen tomorrow
1: brilliant so i'm going to have mine tomorrow
2: you will yeah oh legendary
1: legendary thank you siri thank you for reminding me about that thank you thank you bye bye now um so five pounds off five pounds off we're giving you the gravy uh bettrendshop.co.uk the code again all lowercase final 21 i should point out that's the number 21 not type being in the actual words so final 21 and um just enjoy it look it's in its 22nd year um, there's extensive trend analysis of every single race of the Cheltenham Festival and uh, just some brilliant brilliant guests a- authors in there as well uh, who's is it Don McLean's doing the Irish uh, racing he again is, yeah
2: Don yeah very um, insightful as always from Don legend um, Rory takes on the bank as bust as he has done the past couple of years Go on, um, Rory. guest staff at another pod. Like feed, feed with a, with a um, breeding related um, feature, which is a good read.
1: Now there is nobody better to do a pedigree analysis than than Jess Stafford. That is fantastic. She is growing up around race horses, and it, it is her life. Um that she d- was
2: actually she's already sorry, she's already in the other winner, and it's just a shame it didn't get <laughs> didn't get out. Um, <laughs> In time, but, but one of the horses—it's <laughs> one of the horses she mentioned already won. So, at least we know she's on the right path.
1: Oh ah, yeah, I know she's she's an absolute hero, and um, is hopefully back on the show again very very soon too. Uh, Final and podcast favorite, so I'm I'm delighted that Jess is, is involved in it too. Uh, just while we're on it, just give it give us a list. Who's there? Who you got?
2: Ah, uh, who else is in there? Um, the other two main um, guest authors are Matt Brocklebank and Ben Linford, both of sport and life, who we um, produced the guide. In association with, um, and then as I touched upon, Mark Howard, uh, Ollie Bell, Ed Chamberlain, Legend, Alex and Gina Bryce, all put up. They they just put up the banker of the week.
1: Nice, nice. Um, well, you mentioned three of the best in broadcasting there in Ed, Ollie, and Gina. Who is one of the nicest people on the planet. So, uh, but also incredibly shrewd. So, well done. Um, again, that code is final twenty one. Uh, go to Weatherby's sister site, uh, which is veteransshop.co.uk. Uh, I hope this applies to the bundle. If it doesn't, I'm sorry, but I think it does. Um, look, it's what? It's, it's 15 quid, 15.95, and we're giving you five pounds off. I mean, what it is? it is. It's 15 pounds, 95 pence, which, by the way, is... Cheap at double the price. I would literally pay thirty Don't do that, Weatherbeast. Don't do that to us. We're giving you five pounds off. So go get your gravy and uh, use the code FINAL21, uh, lowercase, FINAL21, all together, and uh, you'll get that five pounds off. And um, if you order the PDF, you get it straight away. All right. Big weekend of racing. Close Brothers Pendle Novices Chase. Uh, Tarmac de Madon. Rory? Did I make a ball to that? I'm
0: not, I'm not drinking shots at two o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Okay. All right. All right. We may or may not have a game for Tuesday night. Uh, Possibly we'll go ahead. Uh, Galah for Jamie Snowden and Gavin Sheehan is currently around about 15 to 8. Cool Cody, uh, five to one as we record on Thursday at 2 p.m. for the record. And son of Camus for Nicky Henderson is your outsider with Nico de Boinville on board at 12 to one. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed the hitman didn't turn up, uh, but hey, what can you do? He did take a fall last time out, so probably the, for the best. Uh, is this horse the right favourite, uh, Paul Ferguson?
2: Uh, possibly. I, I don't. Th- I wouldn't have that much between them. And the better myself, he, he's got a question mark over the trip for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he does stay, I think Tamara Domatan probably is the one to, to be with. I think they say. I think the track will suit. Um, I think he, he's definitely at best on a flat track but he, do, he does have, have that little stamina question mark hanging over him. Uh, I think it was he ran in the uh, the silver plate last year after the festival the Consolation Race at Kempton and he travelled up really well to the home turn whether it was quite just down to the trip that he didn't get home but I'd still have it in the back of my mind and so uh Whereas conditions look probably ideal for um Garlo, if he's tuned up after a short winter break. Obviously, he was third. When we last seen him in Henry VIII um, on ground, it was probably softer than ideal for him. He'd earlier won the Rising Stars impressively on good ground over two and a half on a sharp right-handed track. So, you can see we know the condi- conditions are very much in his favour and he jumped particularly well that day at Wincanton. So, um, I think he will certainly test Tamarack the Matan. If there's any chinks in his armour in terms of the of, of the stamina issues, I think you, you'll find them out. I do. I do think this this is obviously going to be a bit of a key, despite it being over an extra half mile, um, be a bit of a key form line from the couple of the main article contenders. Um, Garlor was obviously behind All Mankind last time, and mm. um, Tamarak Damatan was left behind behind Shishkin um, over two miles here at Christmas. So being in the Shishkin camp for the Arc, I, w- I would like to see the and, um come out on top or certainly look like he's on top with the two-mile pole, so um, I can take a line to that. Yeah, for this race, as I say, I- I'm rather like you. I, I was hoping Hitman would have turned up, I think, two and a half miles on a flat track would be absolutely ideal for Hitman. I think that his um, end-of-season target would either be the manifesto at entry or um, the grade two uh, which Paul Nichols sometimes targets Mm. Again, this is a racy he target. He won it ten times in thirteen years, from two thousand and sixteen, so two thousand six, so it's two thousand eighteen, and um, when name won it. Um, so yeah, he's potentially the best horse in the race for me. Time like the Masson, but if you force me to have a bet at those prices, I would back Garlo as second favourite because we know he he gets home, and conditions are very much in his favour.
1: Yeah, I would completely agree with you. By the way, um, I, I think excuses for his defeat behind all mankind last time out um given the the nature of that race and this trip should just be a little bit i think this will bring out the better in him and and look he had he had looked imperious prior to that um so yeah i'm, I'm with galah uh at 15 to 8 whether we're right or wrong is another question uh rory delargy what about you
0: yeah i i, I agree with what um uh, what Paul has said there, um, in large part. Um Tamraftamathan is uh uh the one to beat um based on his um his uh, from the last time out against Shishkin. But you know that's uh, you can argue it's slightly flattering to him. But the key the key is the trip he, he was he traded even money in that race that came from the Silver um the silver trophy, a silver plate rather, the silver trophy is a chase, isn't it? Um, at to last year and only finished seventh, beating 11 lengths. Clearly, didn't get home. And, um, uh, I'd, be, I'd be worried about him in a, a well run race, and it should be a well run race, uh, with cool Cody and Gallo in there. Um, cool, cool, I wouldn't rule cool Cody, I think he's got, um, he's got every chance on paper. He does, he and um, Gallo have got the, um, uh, have got the, um, um the the weight to give away there um mm. to um to the others but um uh, obviously you know Cool uh, was a was a winner of a very, very competitive handicap chase at, at Cheltenham in November, the Paddy Par, and then um uh although he's beaten quite a long way he, he ran a lot better than his finishing position suggest or the distance beaten suggests in that um December Gold Cup, which a lot of horses just fell by the wayside there and again in a hugely competitive race, including Master Tommy Tucker. Um, you know, you just looked through that field and it was it was a race you had to see uh, to believe. A, a lot of horses wanted to force the pace that day. Yeah. It ended up, ended up being a very, very strong pace and Chatham Street Lad uh, came through to win by by a wide margin. But a few of those who were on the pace and were well beaten were much better in the form. Annie Mack was, was only fifth. She's been quite a long way uh, a place in front of Cool Cody who himself was in pr- a, a place in front of Master Tommy Tucker. Um, Annie Mack and, and Master Tommy Tucker have both got black tight wins since and um, are clearly very very classy horses. So the fact that Cool Cody, I know he's getting a stone from Master Tommy Tucker, but you know he's, he's back in novice company here. um He'd probably be my pick at the prices. It could turn into a messy race. I think Adam Wedge needs to take the bull by the horns. He went he went hard uh, when he won at um, at the first time, and those tactics didn't pay off next time because so, so many others wanted to force that pace. Not going to be the case here. Um, Gallo has. Um, um, made the running to win his first three chase starts, but they were, all, they were all in small fields. I don't think they're desperate to lead with him. I think if they thought Cool Cody was going to go on and lead, they would happily sit in second. The other would be held up, um, looking for a late run. Um, but that's a slightly, uh, what beats um, Son of Camus and, and Tamarotu Mathan is a sustained pace. The worry here, um, if you're, if you're uh, with the Stayers, is that they maybe don't do enough in front. Um, and you've got a bit of speed then with both of Kallis and Tamarok Damathan, which could be crucial later on. Um, but hopefully, Kilkody will set a, um, a solid pace here, the pressure on the jumping of the others as well. Um, and I think he and Gallo then should dominate. Um, uh, and I think, and what price is Tamarok I think he's He's got the look of a, of a, um, a favourite who could end up looking very vulnerable. He's even yeah, I think that you can make a case that he should be he should be odds on on the ratings if you just price a race up purely on that uh, time form having one six nine p, which puts him seven pounds clear, which which is seven pounds clear with a p usually means you know a feel like this is yep. on favourite, but there, there there's a potential hole in him. Uh, and essentially, you're through Shishkin, which is a dangerous thing
1: to do. Let's go to the hurdlers and the Adonis, which has a fantastic record of producing the triumph hurdle winner. Uh, we've had some surprise packages over the years, and I was really looking forward to seeing heroes. Heroes, the Masil, is that the? The you
0: were, you were literally taught that about half an hour ago before yep. we came
1: on air. Yeah, I was taught that by Kate Tracy half an hour before we came on air. We were having a meeting about Wednesday's Children' Preview night. Um, uh, so it's always Menil, Menil, Menil,
2: like like as in Max
1: Menil. Yeah, look, Max you, Menil. Listen, and that's,
2: that's not his name anyway. It's the isn't it? And the Heroes to sell he's talking about the
1: Henderson
0: horse. <laughs> oh, See, my God, I'm not even talking about the red right we horse. Ta- oh, we my God. About, we were talking about um Gaillard de Menil.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So who was I talking about? I'm talking about the horse who won it. Heroes to sell who
1: runs tomorrow
2: at Warwick. Heroes to Sale. And Donnelly's
1: horse, yeah. Heroes to Sale, yeah. So uh, I was talking to the groom, who looks after this horse. And... Um, Basically, I would say that he is a good thing uh, tomorrow, um, Friday, and I'd be shocked if he got beaten. But I'm very disappointed that he didn't turn up here because I thought that they were really going to go for it. But anyway, uh, we end up with uh, Tritonic, who all the attention is going to be on, obviously, uh, for Alan King, who hasn't trained all in Chelsea. Sh- Owned by. The McNeil family and Ian Dale. I wanted you to say
0: McNeil. <laughs> that's what we say in my part of the world when you call called Max something we, 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 we leave the uh, the K sound out
1: <laughs> we'll just go, let's go the Manil family uh, so
0: a, we have a lot of monotons where I come from for <laughs> example <laughs> so, it, does, it doesn't work it doesn't work with the Callister in fairness sometimes you have to abandon the rule
1: you just you gotta you gotta work what you gotta work with uh, so Tritonic 11 to 10 on air de I don't give a... I'm going with that. Mrs. Jane Williams and Chester Williams. Uh, Gary Moore and Jamie Moore. Casa P. Jesus Christ, this is terrible. Uh, Pasa Doble. First one for Paul Nichols. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I love it. I love it when Paul Nichols throws one in here first time out. I absolutely love it. Ex-Irish. Uh, Margaret's Legacy. Is a ten to one shot, and it's twelve. It's double the figure prices than the rest. Uh, Rory, you can take the lead on this one. Uh, Tritonic. So he they entered him in the Duffcote as well, which interested yes. me. I and and Alan King said in his uh, excellent weekender column that he was undecided about which race he was going to go for, which suggests that he feels like he's got an absolute machine
2: on his hands. He has done that before, though, hasn't he? Yeah. He has done that before. Yeah. Juveniles in in the Cut. Um,
1: yeah, that's true. That is true.
0: But look, he was Brumetio, co- Brumetio he was of course won the uh, won the the Cut as a juvenile.
1: Yeah, great point. The yeah. great, good example.
0: Tronchon also for the yards. Uh,
1: there we go. High class on the flat.
0: Uh, I liked a lot on the flat. I have
1: to you say. did, and I remember yeah. you putting him up on the podcast uh, a few times on on the on the flat. So now we get to see him in the proper racing over jumps flat racing returning soon folks don't worry we actually might be talking about a flat race later on (gasps) the thing about this race is and this is the the thing about the market that fascinates me is this Paul Nichols horse Paso could it be absolutely flying a digit so what do you make of the race
0: Um, well I I don't know what to make of the newcomers Um, Paso again you know interesting on paper um, he was 84 rated uh, for Jim Bolger and Fairly progressive uh, last summer through the autumn, or clearly been given a break. And I guess Paul Nichols has always had the idea of bringing him back for this, and then seeing if he was um, if he showed enough to to go to Cheltenham for the triumph, or um, be kept back for reentry or go back on the flat with him, uh, depending on what happens. Um, but you, guys, I don't, I don't believe in, in listening to uh, to, to uh, home reports. I don't think they tell you an awful lot. Um, we know that he's got the right kind of profile uh, to become uh, a decent juvenile hurdler he had a high enough rating on the flat. He stayed a mile and a half well. Um, you know that's what you're. That's kind of what you're looking for. You're looking for uh, for a horse who, who will. Um, uh, he. Will, I don't think he'd want winter grind particularly. He was a winner on soft ground at Ferry House in the flat. Um, but you know Paul, Paul is usually keen with horses like this to to uh, miss the um, the worst of the winter grind and and. Um, uh, you know, if you can start them off at Kempton, you tend to get ground that is no worse than soft. And we're probably looking at good to soft um, this weekend. So it's spring ground and, you know, he doesn't want to rip the guts out of them first time out. But mm. no idea, no idea whether he'll be capable of winning this. He'll be in there to win. You know, they're, they're trying to find out where they are with him. Um, and you, if you want to have a triumph hurdle horse, um, you want to press a few buttons first time out. If, it, if you're running it for the first time over hurdles in October, you might decide, well, you know, let's let's just see how he goes. Um, but if you're if you're only starting them out at the end of February with a view to going to Cheltenham, then you need to you need to be pressing buttons. Um so I would have thought he'd be um he'd be ready for it, but no idea whether he's you know uh a, a 120 rated uh uh juvenile or a 150 rated juvenile. Mm. Um and you just gotta bear that in mind if you're having a bet on Tritonic. But Tritonic looks, you know, we know he's taken the hurdles. He showed a very good attitude to win at Ascot. Um, he, he only went very gnarly, went offered a short price, traded big in running, but find plenty under pressure to beat Castle Lupi. That form has largely not been tested, um, but it was a good um, uh, Ascot novice. You expect the form to be solid enough. He was verging on group class on the flat. Um, I liked him as a, as a two-year-old. Um, I can
1: hear your beard again, Paul Ferguson.
2: Sorry, I had to shave, wasn't it? I <laughs> can still hear the stubble, and it's, uh, I'm putting myself on mute. While the poker, talks, the, the poker
1: chips are back. Keep going, Roy.
0: Um, yeah, and I, it didn't. It didn't quite click for him last season, but he ran well. Um, uh, most of the time, uh, he was. Um, he wasn't beaten far in the in the Glasgow Stakes, and he was placed in handicaps. Uh, Yarmouth and a very strong one, the Old Roly Cup, very very strong handicap of its type. at uh, a new market in October. Um, his bred to want soft ground, um, so the ground won't be as bad as it was at Ascot. He's, he's by See the Moon, and See the Moon's um, almost all have a preference for a um, uh, for soft ground. Um, but, not that I would make um, a much of an excuse from this. is, is still jumps ground. Uh, and he's got a form of good on the flat. That was good ground when he was second in the Glasgow Stakes. As I said, the, the bare form he showed at Ascot is good without being, you know, without making you want to back around even money for a race like this. But everything about him in terms of, of what he was capable of lot the flat and what he showed there attitude-wise suggests he's going to come forward for that run. And I'd be disappointed if Tric was, was beaten here for all. This could be a decent race. Um, you know the, the others to talk about there. on urge Jean, you're very keen on um on um, Eros de Soy aren't you well he probably would have beaten Eros to Soy it's, uh, over course and distance That's um, what, uh, the, that, the that, Christmas meeting
1: fuck me the name was in front of me actually Jesus Christ the form line was there that was the uh, sorry kids uh, don't swear and uh, listen to your parents um, uh, that was what the conversation that the, the groom and I had over uh, a, a good old Twitter conversation and uh, my Twitter DMs are open I am alive by the way I'm okay um there's been an enormous like an almost insurmountable amount of uh are you okay messages sent to my um uh twitter inbox thank you very much for doing so that's much appreciated uh yeah right now uh i'm still still kicking away thank you very much and uh thank god and uh and very much appreciated. but thank you very much for the kind words it's uh it's it's Very much obliged and very, very much appreciated. And if I haven't got back to you yet, I just haven't been very active on social media recently Um, for no reason other than uh, I just took a decision that I would take a break from it for a little bit and then be like, I'll be all over it again um, come wednesday night essentially um but yeah it, we had that chat he, he asked me he just he asked me straight out he said look listen to the show um do you think here is the soul? what did you make of here is the souls run at kempton and i said uh, i watched it back again and i said pretty sure he had the measure of the faller and he said that's exactly what um nico said and that he'll come on a ton for it so he loves him Absolutely loves him, and he looks another star for the Donnellys. So yeah, I should have known that beforehand. But um, anyway, uh, proceed, proceed, Rory.
2: Yeah,
0: just just talking about that that form line. I mean, um, worth pointing out, Honor Honor De Jong, um traded one by one five on Betfair um, around the time of his fall. So most of the enrolling punters um, were wrong. Thought thought he would well thought he would win. Were uh, wrong at that stage. Uh, Casalupi obviously. Um, Reposes, um, and he should, you know, he, he wasn't a bad type, not as good as, as some of these in the flat, but wasn't a bad type, but clearly um, he took very well to hurdling, he got um, he got tritonic off the bridle, he traded very short in that, uh, and that race went down to uh, a low of 105 after jumping well in front, um, he's going to improve as well, he's not a horse you would, you would take lightly. Um, and you've also got the um, uh, the French import uh, Margaret's Legacy for Hugo Marianne. Um, he took one over here last year. That went to ended up going to Paul Nichols. Um, and uh, Margaret's Legacy um, has won twice at Cogne-Simer, um and is clearly um, above average. And has enjoyed the uh, the milder weather that they get in the south of France as well. So uh, he'll be well forward. It was the um, uh, the Victor Ladorum that uh, the Yard targeted last year. Um, and I think the idea is to bring a, bring a useful juvenile over um, and suggest that you're willing to take um, a decent price for it if anyone wants it. So we'll see what happens with Margaret's legacy here.
1: And Ned Curtis keeps the ride, so he comes over from France for the
0: ride. Uh, Nathaniel Curtis uh, was riding this horse I don't know Nathaniel Curtis from from Adam. Whether that's Ned's Ned's official name in France, I guess it is.
1: It must be because
0: I don't think I don't, I don't think uh, Ned. I always would have thought was uh, short for. Uh, short, I mean, uh, Nas would be short for Nathaniel, but you know, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that's um, yeah, that, that is Ned. Yeah. Doesn't,
1: that doesn't suit the French aristocracy, though. That that, <laughs> no. that, that that wouldn't work for them. So your your final selection is it a case of that you're finding it very difficult to get away from. Tritonic.
2: I think,
0: yeah, I, I like Tritonic a lot. I think he will improve for for the Ascot run. Well, then I want, well, I want to pile into it at a very short price. With a with a couple of unknowns, um, but also, um, you know, with with several other horses not having much to find on hurdles form. Um, I, I might want a little bit bigger before I before I get involved. He's almost certainly going to be my selection in the race. He, I might end up going down the new no bet route. Uh, depending on the prices that are available tomorrow
1: okay uh, but
0: he's a nice horse and you know on uh, hopefully um, with this behind him one proper soft ground he's, he's got a very good race in him over hurdles I'm
1: kind of tempted to to go the <laughs> The the Paul Nichols route here, Uh, he's he's got a good, Alan King's got an excellent record in this race. He's won it twice in the last four years. Um, Paul Nichols has taken this race uh, four times in the last 10 years Um, and considerably more when you expand it out uh, using the trends, and um, if you're using something like pro form, for example, uh, he is a, a phenomenal record in the race. Uh, as does Nicky Henderson, which means I'm again disappointed that that horse doesn't turn up. But uh, look, past the double, is a, 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 he's a Clickeny horse. He's trained by Jim Bolger. He's a Clickeny horse. All right, don't tell me he's Carlo. He's a Clickeny horse. Uh, so obviously, I'm sticking with him.
2: That dog form's not bad, to be fair. Like, that's f- no, good. The horses have all finish around and have won again, but. In the context of Dundalk form, so hey, um, but
1: d- don't you knock Friday Night Lights, baby? No, nothing wrong with fund but... I'm not locking it, but they just tend to run
2: against each other if it's yeah, yeah, it they do, yeah. To be yeah, similar forms. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, so. But but basically, right now it's it's owned by Sarah Lynham. Like anything Sarah Lynham touches, just turns to gold. So just back Sarah Linum's horse horses blind, um, and she's got a few running on Friday. So just do a patent, and uh, I'll see you in Dubai uh, whenever we're allowed to move again. How do you? assess this race because it's like from what I was looking at on Wednesday to what I'm looking at now, it's a very, very different picture. So is Tritonic at 11 to 10, a horse to just get stuck into and believe the hype and believe all of the, he'll you know, back him now for the Fertile? He's going to be short and he's going to get Alan King back in the winner's enclosure there. Uh, or is, is it possible that something else emerges from the scene at a big price that we haven't considered?
2: Um, I'd, I'd pretty much echo what, what Rory said about Tritonic. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him go and win this race now and put a marker down um, to the English juveniles. He'd still have to go and... Do, I'll touch upon some of the others shortly, but, and I think this is quite a, an interesting race. So, But he's still going to have to go and do it well if he's... If he's if he's just to sort of bridge the gap on what we've seen of the juveniles in Ireland, in my opinion. So um, that's the kind of thing, that's the kind of position I'm in, similar to Rory, in that I would say, if if you were asking me now, who's the most likely winner? Yeah, I would say Tritonic. I'd expect him to come forward. Another point there from Ascot is that was his first run since October last year when he finished fourth in that good handicap at Newmarket that we touched upon. So I think there's every right to believe that he, he'll come on fitness-wise as well. And it was interesting just before um, we came on air whilst I was waiting for you to, I was listening to Nick Luck's podcast and Alan King was on talking um, and he mentioned the fact that they had considered running in this race first time out but they managed oh, wow. to get him forward enough to to get another run into him and he, did, he was keen to have two runs so Listening, just listening to that and reading between the lines I would suggest that he probably wasn't cherry ripe so um, even though Castle Casalupi ran really well himself um, he was what 30 pound inferior on the flat 69 as opposed to 99 yeah I'd be, I'd be really disappointed if Tritonic couldn't um, uphold that form confirm that form and visually improve on what we've seen at Ascot I don't think quicker ground will be too much of an issue to him it's a speedy horse I think so I think conditions are I think conditions are good for him and, and um, as I say there are some interesting opponents so it, it'll tell us plenty about him but like Rory said I'd, I'd like him to step forward. I think the, the, the horse with the probably arguably with the best or the strongest piece of well, two pieces of hurdles form in the race is honoured is to Johnach the, the, the Jane Williams horse before, before he fell at Kempton he chased over Mon Morale admittedly getting uh, six pounds I think it was at Exeter hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of Omraal. I, I, Me I do. might have mentioned him earlier in the year, and I seen him at Paul's Yard uh, last summer. And I was at haydock last Saturday, and he, he's an absolute. He's just a picture to look at. He's amazing. Um, I can't wait. He is. I can't wait to see him go over fences in the autumn. Then he'll go to Aintree, obviously. So that was a that was a good run, and he, he jumped quite stickily. I thought early on, at Exeter, he warned to it, and we know with horses from Jane and Nick Williams, invariably, they, they've not run on a flat before. Invariably, did do take a big step forward from each runner. i had to be more in the camp that he was, was going to beat to, So he Personally, I came tonight. to you. 2-1, s- Emmett. 2-1. Uh, yeah, I was more in the what? camp that he had, I watched it back again before. And that format worked out pretty well. here and indoors won a listed race. Admittedly, it wasn't a great race. Doncaster. Uh, the fourth home, um, Rui Uni won a jumpers bumper and then My went on the f- then go on that sounds one. better.
1: <laughs> I am I am delighted to hear that I'm not the only one absolutely making a balls of uh, pronunciations. Go on.
2: But then after after that jumpers bumper when he went on the flat at Lingfield and absolutely bolted up off a of mark seventy nine. So he's raised at 87 on the flat for Gary and looks like oh, so he probably could win a decent two mile handicap. So that that former Kempton's pretty strong um so I'd say expecting him Anticipating that he could step forward again, I would say that Honor de Jeanac would be the likely main danger to him. Of the two newcomers, I've touched upon Pas de I so say I think his form's pretty strong, but because a bit of a concern about his pedigree. Um, John Locke was quite good when he won a, a novice event at Goodwood, I thought, uh, last September. So again, he's, he's, he's slightly interesting. And the French horse Margaret's Legacy. I watched his his runs back. He he made all and both start over so along with the Gary Moore horse I don't expect there to be a bit of pace on here on Saturday um, he was pretty good on debut then, it's, it's, then he anyone on Christmas Day when he made a two from two beating a horse he was since won a listed race beating the horse that finished behind him the first time so his form has been upheld to some degree I don't know how strong that listed form is um, but i so say they've both come out and finished first and second the two horses that chased them home so yeah um, there is, a, there is a bit of substance to the form. The one concern I had with watching Margaret's legacy's performances back with his jumping, it sort of deteriorated before picking up again on, on his second start. He, he was good first time out, but he, he trailed his back legs through a number of his hurdles and he, and he sort of bunny hopped a couple on his second start. And uh, he did he did improve up the home straight when he jumped well, when he's obviously going a bit quicker. But I'd say he'd certainly needs to hurdle a bit slicker in this company. Um, if he's going to make a bid for it from the front, obviously himself and Soldier of Parade have got to give £3 away, so I think mm-hmm. that would make life tough for them as well. So, uh, all in all, yeah, I totally agree with um, Rory, Tritonic, probably the likely word now. Whether you want to be getting stuck in around even money, that's another matter. And I, I am looking for Honor de Jonak to step forward again. be interesting to see if he runs well without winning and see what mark he then gets on Tuesday because he's got a Fred Winter entry as well as Shane Williams also. Um, because, uh, he's, he's got the right kind of pro- He'd have the right kind of profile. Three runs, um, French pedigree. Uh, if he gets a nice mark, he might be he might be want to look at down that route rather than the trial So he, he,
1: he would definitely feature more in the positive than negative column in the Weatherbys Children Festival betting guide. See what I did there. Um, I, I I'm still fascinated by this passer doble. I'm, I'm fascinated that Paul's throwing him in there, um, and I can't quite get away from him, but I, I expect Tritonic to bolt up, and uh, it should be a fascinating race and great analysis from the lads, as always. Right, we move on to the Dovecot. So the Dovecote Novices Hurdle, great too, live on ITV4, I should say. Um, I don't know if it's live on Virgin Media in Ireland this weekend, I don't know, but uh, we do get it on Racing TV, so you can still watch it anyway. Um... Atoll Street for Paul Nichols and Harry Cowden is your two-to-one favourite. Uh, by the way, Rory, I should have said the Tritonic has gone odds-on with some firms since we've been talking, so... Oh, yeah, obviously, you
0: got to mention the worst price, don't
1: you? Yeah, 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 you got to do that. That's, uh, that's the rules. The, uh, the, it's, it's, a, it's a final furlong podcast policy. Uh, Calico, who I quite like for this race, having his second start for Dan Skelton, uh, he is nine to four with Cape Gentleman for Emmett Mullins, That's right. Coming on over. Uh, And John Joe Neal Jr. booked. So he means business, even though he was pulled up last time. uh, Four to one. So I think we'll leave it at those three. Uh, Paul, thoughts on the grade two novices hurdle. uh, Three o'clock racing TV Saturday.
2: Uh yeah, it's just starting to touch upon the three you've mentioned. Athol Street won twice at Taunton, um sharp right-handed track on relatively decent ground. Uh, clearly a speedy horse, so um won't have a problem with conditions whatsoever. Uh whether, whether it whether he's there to be a quite a short price favourite for a grade two on the back of those. Um two performances, visually impressive. Um not sure how much depth there is to the form, especially as, as second stars. Uh, and I would probably say the same about Calico really again he won, on a, um, he won at Ludlow admittedly on heavy ground but I don't think um, better ground will be an issue to him as, as flat form was on better ground uh, he travelled really well and again he was visually very impressive but that form has taken several knocks I think the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth have all been well beaten within the past week um, the third and fourth in the last couple of days so uh, even though it's visually impressive um, and conditions will suit him I would just have a question mark over that Ludlow form uh, for a positive if if you're, you're in his camp like you are Dan Skelton does seem to have a particularly nice punch of two mile novices this year and we've yeah. seen a couple pitch up in handicap company things so and he's he should in, obviously have a gauge a,
1: he's in red hot form as well at the moment too but it, what what, what I know the form is worth nothing but it was the fact yeah. that he's come over from Germany and he travels so powerfully i, I was just, I was just very very taken with him
2: yeah um, he just looks like, he essentially looks at speed also so I'm not surprised he's um not entered the Cheltenham and if things went well on Saturday I'm sure he'd be on, he'd be part of Dan's entry team um as I say it's it, it probably a positive that he, that he is pitching him in here on a second start given the ammunition he has in this division but um, that form really, really does need improving upon, so despite being pulled up last time, I will be prepared at the prices to take a chance on Cape Gentleman, Ooh. who I was pretty impressed with first time out, albeit over two and a half, but that was on the inner track of Punch of his time, which is pretty sharp. Um, before that, he'd won on his second start in Ireland, he won um, the Irish uh, Cesarowicz mm-hmm. from a mark of 89, so he's a pretty classy flat horse, um, he's a 100 on the flat now in, in Ireland he uh, beat a horse that I like We won a point to point called Petty Bernard. Well, he actually won a point to point but was disqualified. And even though he was beaten again since, he ran reasonably well against the recent horse I thought last weekend. So um I don't think that was uh too bad a form. He just had he just Basically had too much pace for Pessy, but on a bunch of around the sharp track. He jumped well enough first time out to think it was the last flight down the far side. Second time he dived out, he took a bit of a chance, but other than that, he jumped well. Pitched straight into grade one company at the Dublin Racing Festival. I was slightly surprised he went up to two miles six. And at the initial Cheltenham entries, I was surprised he wasn't given an entry in the Supreme because I thought a strongly run two miles might actually him. might be able to come back and trip given that flat speed. Um, and he he obviously disappointed pulled up at Leopardstown, but he ran well to a point to the back the end of the back straight but he was in an awkward position in that he was out the back and out wide and then afterwards it was reported uh, by Brian Hayes that he he hung badly to his right so Maybe that's something to do with coming over to Kempton and reverting to a right-handed track. I don't know. Um, and,
1: and they're dropping him back to two miles as well.
2: But yeah, dropping him back into it, I think, is positive because, say, he was, a, he was a decent flat horse. Um, and I'd, I'd be more than prepared to give him a chance to say, I can't imagine the ground's going to be too quick for him. Um should be a bit of pace on here. There's a couple who like to get on with it. I'd imagine John Joe will drop him in. and just think he might be a little bit classier than... Others in
1: the field and a great booking as well. Uh, John Joe Neal, yeah, he's
2: riding June. really well at the moment. Joe he, is. he really is. He's riding he, out
1: of his skin. He's set for a damn good Cheltenham. Um, if uh, if things can can go to plan for him, uh, Roy Dunargy.
0: yeah, I, I decided that it was either Athol Street or Cape Gentleman for me here. Oh. I think Athol Street much, might end up being better value on the day. Um, obviously, when, when Emmett Mullins brings one over. It's, um, it's bound to get noticed that oh, we bought um, Fujimoto Flyer over for this meeting last year and Ooh. she was heavily punted but good beaten Jesus um, She's not an easy She was not an easy ride um, The Cape channel has good obvious obviously, and I, I take exactly what, what Paul says there I thought it was, um, he was he was he was unlikely to get home um, over that really testing two mile six off a strong pace at, uh, at um last time um, better judged on his uh, his hurdles debut run at Punchestown should be suited by the track given how he how he um, shaped at Leopardstown and indeed how he shaped on debut at Punchestown. So has obviously I think he's going to step forward a fair bit from his hurdles debut. But I thought Athol Street looked um, uh, very green when he won on his hurdles by at He, he badly needed experience in a, in one bumper. Um, just over a year ago, the son of uh, Jeremy. Um, he, was, he was then, unusually for one from Paul Nichols, sent off third favourite um, for a maiden hurdle at, uh, at Taunton. One or two half-decent flat recruits in there, Diocletian being one of them. A slightly disappointing horse has to be said, Diocletian, but Athol Street was was not particularly fancied there and looked um, clueless to a large degree. Um, didn't really know what to do when he was in front, but still run, run out a young, an impressive enough winner uh, and stepped up and out of the same track last time out when beating Heart of a Lion now that's not easy for him to weigh up because the uh, those who've come out of the race have all run Jumpers Bumpers since um, Heart of a Lion um, the third was uh, Fontana Elisi and Jersey Wonder and fourth they all went went to Jumpers Bumpers so um, not not the easiest to work out how strong that form is but he was much more professional he jumped really well uh, made all the running um, there's a bit of stamina in, in his pedigree um, but he did not look at all slow at Taunton I, I'm finding these days that you're getting quite a lot of um, quite a lot of good quality coming through Taunton cars because because of the likes of Nichols being keen to run horses there he yeah. one of the you know if he spoke to jockeys in the 70s and 80s they would almost all tell you that their least favourite track was Taunton <laughs> the, final, the final turn the wall of death there poor old Taunton um, Um, but it's, it's getting, um, getting good quality races these days. And if you, if you spot something that, um, uh, the butchers did a good performance at Taunton, they often go onto the radar a little bit next time. So although he comes from the Nichols yard, um, I just, I'm inclined to say that in, in terms of, um, what they've done over hurdles, Anthill Street's got the strongest form here, um, based on that win last time, it's, it's slightly notional in that, um, you're, you're basing it on the style of of performance and the, um, the the time figure he put up there, but it was it was such a big step forward from a winning debut, and it suggested there'd be another another jolt of improvement to come afterwards. Um, he he will clearly handle soft ground well, but I think he'd be okay on, on good ground as well. Uh, you know, rattling fast ground on a very short two miles will be a slight question mark given his pedigree and given his come through bumpers. Um, but aside from that, I think he's um, I think he's promising. Um, and I don't, I don't know what tactics they're going to use in Cape Gentleman because he, he was held up at the back of the field at, at Leopard's time, and I wouldn't want to be giving anything here too much rope. Um, so it may well be that Athol Street gets the run of things uh, from the front. Uh, the other one who's, who's uh, potentially in the frame for for front running duties is Lunar Sovereign, um, and he produced his best effort last time out, but he's had um, he's he's only had two hurdles runs, but he had more experience in bumpers. Um, than Athol Street. There's a vague possibility the pair of them go at each other. Um but I still think that um there's upside with Athol Street. I, I'd be you know I'd be scared of Cape Gentleman, but I just wonder whether he might be overbet because of um because of connections.
1: I am going to do a famous flip flop and uh go at my main man Paul Ferguson because Rory has slightly endorsed you and uh Go, with my namesake Emmett Mullins, spelled correctly, E-M-M-E-T. No other spelling will do. Uh, so come on the Irish Cape gentlemen to get the job done, drop back to two miles, and uh, we'll see what's done. Um, we had a bit of a, an argument about, well, not an argument, but we had a bit of a discussion about what's the feature race of the day. Is it the Eider or is it the main race at, at Kempton? Um we're kind of still debating uh we will get to those in a second but first the final forum podcast is proudly brought to you by tote now under new management and looking to bring pool betting back to the masses with better value brilliant bets and a slick new app particularly i know about the app issue in ireland right if you're not getting the app each app through a vpn or whatever in ireland uh just go to tote.co.uk same thing very same thing as tote.ie right tote.co.uk is toad ireland as well um and it works the same and it works brilliantly on safari so um sorry i don't use androids Apologies, Android users. I just don't use them, uh, but it works exceptionally well. So you will definitely want to be using this on Saturday when the pools will be huge. Uh, with the new tote guarantee, you will be never you will be, you'll never be paid less than S. See, imagine if this was a live broadcast back in the nineteen forties on radio when there was no reel to reel. Back in the old days, when they'd have to do everything live. With the new Tote Guarantee, you'll never be paid less than SP on win bets. And of course, if the pool pays more, you'll get the bigger price. See? I can get it right from time to time. Uh, it's never been easier to place your favorite bets online, including the Spot and Scoop6, as well as the brand new Tote Survivor, with the aim of the game. It's to be the last person standing. But importantly, when you bet with the tote, your money goes into supporting an industry that we all love at a time when it has never needed it more. And of course, and this is the big thing about betting with the tote on race days, they're not a bookie. So they'll never close down winning accounts and they'll never stop you from having a big bet. They're not going to come back at you and say, nah, you can't have 50 quid on that horse. You can have 20, and then you're done. So remember, winners are more than welcome. If you haven't got an account, join Toad today and enjoy Risk-Free Bet on any of their pools. Terms and conditions apply. All right, the feature race, kind of, at Kempton is the Close Brothers Handicap Chase now. So uh, this this race has had so many name changes over the years. I can't keep up. Roy Delargy, king of the handicaps, and this is the the first of the big staying handicaps that we we're talking about. Do you want to take a swing at a horse at a, at a big price here? What, what's your? I do want to take a swing at a, at a
0: big price. Excellent, which I haven't wanted to do in a a, a little while. Um, but. Um, I like the look of a horse who's fallen back to his, um, especially his last winning mark. Uh, to, to a mark he was um, a very, very good second off last season and that is finger on the switch um, mm. who wants good good to soft grind which he hasn't had all season to be well below form as a result but he can bounce back. Um, he was a, an impressive winner under Willie uh, Millie Wanacott uh, this track last year and went from that to be a very good second to OK Corral in the guy Pet Chase. Um, on his next start, that was off 1 3 2. Again, Millie was claiming seven of them. The pair of them pulled miles clear, 14 lengths clear of, of Chidswell, uh, Ravenhill Road, Dingle Donner um, in, in a typically competitive skybed chase. Um, he's, um, he went up in the weights again for that. And as I said, his, his form this season has not been particularly good. But um, he does not want soft ground. He had soft ground um, at the Cheltenham Festival when they, they ran him in the, uh, the Kim Muir. Um, and he's had soft ground twice this season heavy ground even for time summer at hate and um, then he ran in the um, uh, in the veterans final at Sandown where he was well beaten again on soft ground now neither, none of those runs make him look especially interesting here but I think he'd be a different horse uh, back on good ground he's well suited by this track he, he wants a um, he wants a relative test of speed he's, he's a sound jumper and a strong traveller um, who wants to be delivered late and the way races are run on a sound surface at a flattish track suits him you know the sort of sustained pace throughout you can pick your way through he has looked a little bit of a thinker in the past You know, before he won at Kempton he had a series of, of seconds against his name and one or two people suggesting he didn't really want to put his head in front but he got a superb ride um, from Millie to win over this course of distance uh, in January uh, last year um, to put that, um, those seconds behind him um and she is she's just an excellent jockey she oh, she's awesome. brilliant still claims a seven pounds um she's uh she's got lovely hands um she's got uh nerves of steel as well and she will deliver this horse the way he needs to be delivered so it's a tough task for him based on what he's done this season but um he's going to be a big price or now he's gonna be 21 and bigger
1: he is 20 sorry um,
0: he's a course and distance winner uh with conditions in his favor And as I said, you know, there are a lot of worthy horses in here, but most of them handicaps um, to the hilt these days. Um, And therefore, um, I just think, you know, there's nothing nothing lurking in here with £10 in hand, is there? No. Um, So, you know, if you can find a horse who's capable of winning off its mark, which finger on the switch is, uh, based on last season's form, then... um, I think he's worth he's worth taking a bit of a swing at uh, the
1: price. I'm loving this, particularly back on the good ground as well, as you said, and the fact that Rory is taking a swing at a big-priced horse, which, as you said, he hasn't done for a while, makes me very happy indeed. The question then is, does Paul Ferguson come in and burst this bubble, uh, or do you have uh, another big price fancy, or, hey, I'm not going to stop you if you've got a horse at a shorter price that you think is going to win? What do you reckon?
2: Uh... I wouldn't be overly strong or anything in this race, really. I've already said there's nothing. <laughs> no, there's nothing in there with when I look at handicaps, the first thing I look for is novices, especially this time of year. Yeah, and unexposed horses coming into them, and that th- doesn't really appeal um, to be too much. When I started looking through, I thought Captain Ode haven't gone up nine pounds for his two defeats; would probably be one you'd want to be looking um, to take on. But looking back at his me, he, he should improve for going back on better ground, I think, and his run. Um, obviously being Royal Pagai you know, of course in distance is pretty strong form and pulled a long way clear again so I think he'd be better on the better ground and he ran well at Doncaster he ran better watching it back this morning and I remember at the time he made made a bit of a mistake um, two hours and he but he stayed on well because I, I had slight question marks over the trip um, whether he I'd say he didn't see the, see the trip out at Kempton um, over Christmas but he was well clear of the rest, but um, I wasn't sure whether he was he'd be slightly better or a slightly sharper test. So I think I think the good ground's in his favour can see him going well purely because he's still potentially on an upward curve. Um, the other couple I was looking at I've got question marks over the trip you touched on Southfield stone he does have good course form and good form at this meeting. And he won the Dove course a couple of years ago he was second um, in the great the novice chase at the Pendle mm. last year but, again, is he crying out for three miles? If he's going to get it, it's going to be round here, right-handed on good ground. Um, but I'd probably taking taken a chance on one. I'd probably take a chance on Al Dancer staying the trip, just on that Newton-Albert run. Despite his form around Cheltenham being decent, I do still, just the way he travels, I do, do think a flat track probably suits Al Dancer better. And, if he's again, if he's going to get three miles, um, which is a question mark, uh, good, decent relatively decent ground around Kempton will give him a chance to do and I can see him travelling really well into the contention um, if you go back to that Newton Abbott uh, win at the start of the season an intermediate chase he gave six pounds and a beating to Master Tommy Tucker that day and he wasn't stopping at the line that was over extended two and a half so there's reasons to believe that he he, he can get the trip he does settle a bit better nowadays so um, I'd, I'd be leaning towards Al and I'm sure there's a couple of firms who will be paying five and six places if he does fall away but I'd imagine turn and throw him he'll come there with it, travel well, um, and give it a good run for your money
1: he was so well fancied for strong connections last time out at Cheltenham when Chatham Street lad p- produced that insane performance um, yeah I
2: still think that I think Rory touched on it before I just thought that was a bit of a strange race to be honest yeah I agree kind of unfolded and um, I think better ground Will help him, yeah. Um, and I think Nigel Tristan Davis is in better form than he was back then. So I think there's a few positives for him. I wouldn't be overly strong on him, but I say I can envisage him travelling up strongly um, and giving you a good run for your
1: money I just loved your 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 start of, of, of the analysis, advice. <sighs> ah,
2: I know, Sorry. I, I apologies, no, 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 when no apologies. These. No. No yeah. That's that's. When a- I look at handicap, even at the entry stage, the first thing I go to is the novices who have got the scope to be like Rory said. Potentially ten pounds well in, or um, and that's just, that's just my my way of way of working with handicaps. Yeah, there aren't too many unexposed horses in this field, in my opinion.
1: No, there are not, but there is a uh, superstar running on Saturday in a big, big race, uh, which we're going to talk about next. But first, uh, he has completed the Cheltenham Festival betting guide produced by Weatherbees. I should call it the 2021 Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide. And uh, it's produced in association with The Sporting Life. And it is available, if you're listening to this on Thursday, the 25th of February, then well done you listening to it on the day of the release. Uh, But if you're listening to this on Friday, it's available now. It is out and available from the 26th of February. If you order it online um, from Weatherby's sister site, BetTrendsShop.co.uk. so that's bet and then the word trends they go for the two Ts clever Uh, BetTrendsShop.co.uk. you can get it there and you can decide if you want to go old school and have uh, the actual feel of the book in your hand or if you want to do what I do and um, get it uh, on PDF format which I just to be completely honest about it I just I'm much more engaged in reading something on my iPad than I am in book and I book these days. I don't know why. I just am. That's the way I work. And because you're a loyal final Furlong podcast listener, we want to give you gravy. Now we're already giving you gravy with the tips from the lads, but we're giving you more gravy because as I said, the price of the book and it's like this is ridiculous value, is $15.95 in the Queen's finest sovereigns, I should say. uh, You can get the uh, print or digital edition for the same price, but if you use the promo code, lowercase, final, and the numbers 21, all together, we'll get you £5 off. Weatherby's looking after you. Weatherby's teaming up with the final for podcasts to look after uh, team, the FFP army, the FFP mug club and uh, get you some gravy. So five pounds off the read of the Cheltenham festival. And I'm not kidding. It's between Mark Howard and Paul Ferguson. This is what you want, right? Every single year I buy this book every single year. Thankfully, they're sending it to me for free now. (laughs) More gravy. But anyway, um, you can get it in, uh, you can get both if you want. You can get the digital edition and the uh, print. Uh, bundle that's available as well Uh, but it is an essential read. Uh, It's in its 22nd year. There is extensive trend analysis of all 28 races. Positive and negative trend boxes for quick and easy referencing for every single race. Uh, There's brilliant editorial content in there as well. Detailed analysis of the Irish Challenge from the absolute legend that it is, Don McLean, who is superb on racing TV but also uh, in the stuff he writes. uh, Bank Curbus comes from her very own Rory DeLargy. no pressure there. And uh, you also get exclusive entry preview, which, by the way, veterans are going to give away their entry preview for free. You're mad, Weatherbees. You people have lost your minds. Uh, they're giving away the entry preview for free. So uh, check out uh, Weatherbees on Twitter to find out how you can get it. Uh, there's also a spring horses to follow section as well. I cannot recommend this book enough. The Weatherbees Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide 2021. Um, but particularly. Get your gravy. Don't forget the gravy. Promo code is final 21 lowercase final and the numbers two one all together. Um, and we'll get you five pounds off the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide, which is an absolutely essential read. The race of the the day... God, my voice completely went there. The race of the day... The race of the day is without question the Vertum... Goodman John Dance. Ider Handicapped Chase. Uh, John Dance's... I got a picture of John Dance's young fella wearing a... Full on Spider-Man outfit today, which I think rivals what one of Rory's sons wears. Um, I think it's very similar to to which one of one of um, your young fellows wears. It was Charlie.
0: Charlie.
1: Charlie. yeah. Charlie now
0: has a, a number of uh, superhero costumes. The recent, most recent one being the Flash.
1: Oh. Uh, that's all right. I mean, DC's a lot of shit, but yeah, no, no it's not. DC's good. It's just a fucking film franchise. It's absolute balls. Um, but the um, the Spider-Man outfit was, was super cool, so I sent him a picture of uh, me in my Iron Man helmet gear, which is not a joke. It's like proper fucking this cost a lot of money and is a bloody serious thing and I love it. But anyway, um, uh, well done to John Dance for sponsoring this, especially seeing as when lockdown happened, he came on and talked about how A, he was suffering from depression and B, he was scaling back his operation in racing. So, It's great to see him supporting racing up north. And uh, it's also great to see racing uh, up the north uh, getting uh, proper attention on ITV4 because this is the race of the day and there's only one horse to talk about and that's my horse, Little Red Lion. He's mine, all mine. Colors are changed. There will be a late color change. He'll be wearing black and amber and... uh, Doing it for Kilkenny. Ben Jones subs in for Kilkenny. Um, claiming three pounds. David Pipe won this race before. 12 to one. Fill your boots. He was gutsy as, as you could possibly be last time out um, when they ran him over, when we we ran him over hurdles because I, of course, was involved in the decision to get his confidence back. Stays all day. Wins. Easy game. Uh, Good man, David. Has him in top form and uh, cannot wait. And shout out to the David Pipe Racing Club. The WhatsApp group is exploding this morning with the the news that he was declared. He could have gone for the race on Friday, but uh, I have a run. Obviously, he's not mine, okay? I'm part of a racing club, and I'm an honorary member of that racing club. Um, But I cannot believe that there is a horse running, essentially in my colours, on ITV4 and racing TV on a featured Saturday race. Come on, David Pipe. Get the job done. Now for the proper analysis from the team. Paul Ferguson, tell me who wins the Eider. Are
2: you not concerned about him being £5
1: as the handicap? Uh, never Never mind that at all. It wouldn't matter if it was £20 out of the handicap.
2: And talking about kids' clothes, and my son is currently doing his homeschooling as his Everton kids, and I thought it was oh, quite Jesus. funny that he didn't bring up football or morning. No, no, to on today, quick enough most weeks to <laughs> remind me about Liverpool. So I thought I would just touch upon it before swiftly moving on. I thought um, I
1: thought we were getting on so well, Paul. I really do. We <laughs> I thought we were. No, to be fair, I have thrown it in your face multiple occasions on this podcast and um yeah. there is there is someone who i'm talking to on, on twitter who's a long-time listener of the show his, his avatar sean d i think it's sean d yeah shout out to sean d who has been sending me messages saying <laughs> on a regular basis worst champions ever <laughs> Just on a regular mate. every time we play, uh, and well done, to Everton for uh, for for beating us. Uh, oh God! Okay, all right. I'll leave it there. I'll
2: move on. I'll move yeah, on. Yeah. We'll we'll bounce back. Don't you worry, Salah. <laughs> Salah and the boys will get it right. Okay, who wins? Um, I came down on cross park despite being what fifteen fifteen pounds higher than when he won the race two years ago. Um again I don't think it's particularly uh, a strong renewal certainly not as good the race as he won and he's just been the absolute model of consistency this season finished second on all four starts latterly behind CU Midnight in um, Veterans Handicap that we touched upon briefly earlier yep. um, and I think that that piece of form is stronger than that, that certainly was a, despite it being a veterans race in my opinion was a stronger race than this he's up another two pounds and i know, Um Life's not going to be easy for him, but there, there aren't again, there's not too many horses in here who, who are on an upward curve. Potentially, Sam's adventure, but he's, he's coming back from having unseated um, behind Royal Pagai Haydock. Of course, he won the Tommy Whittle the time before and has only had the nine chase start. So, you see, potential to, to progress further for um, Brian Ellison's nine year old. But um, Cross Park being there and done it got the better of Mystery in a wonderful finish a couple of years ago. And again, at an each-way price, um, I c- can't see him being out the frame. I think, I think there's a there's a chance that he'll he'll win again despite uh, the big ways and the lofty rise.
1: All right, I'm liking it, and um, I'm very interested to see does Roy Talarkey agree with you. Uh,
0: I can't say I'm I'm enormously keen on the race, and uh, I pause. It. I wouldn't be uh, arguing against Paul on this. The one I'm, I'm going to go for um, is Salty Boy. Oh, for God's uh, sakes.
1: Neither of you could do it for me. Neither of you. Jesus Christ. One of you at the least could just say, you know what, this little red line, oh, tough as up, you bastards. Go on. <laughs>
0: uh, Paul touched on the, uh, the Tommy Whittle there, um, and Salty Boy. Um, Run very well in the in the Tommy Whittle and is now seven pounds uh, better off with Sam's Adventure. Um, Sojourn couldn't um, couldn't boost the form last weekend, but he um, he picked up an injury when running in the uh, the yeah. National Trial at Haydock. Um, so Soldier was was just over six lengths behind Sam's Adventure that day, staying on um, from the last, uh, and he ran to a similar level in the um, the, the Sussex National uh, last time out. Uh, behind season spirit, that was a little not my not uh, my ideal marathon chase. A lot of them you end up not getting much of a pace, um, and you get you potentially get false results in them. Um, they didn't go um, they didn't go a proper pace in in the three and a half at a, at a sharp track anyway, uh, over three and a half at at Plumpton and. Um, Salty Boy, I thought he ran perfectly well, but he was just done, done for a um, relative pace uh, late in the day. As were the horses, he split um, on Blanc and, and Dawson City, um, who um, he just found the, the the rhythm of the race wrong for them. Um, he's not exactly a wind machine, Salty Boy, but I think he's, he's well handicapped on what he can do. Um, there's no emotion involved in this, but it would be very nice to see um, uh, David Bridgewater and Brendan Pyle. Um, get a get a decent result oh, after well what said. happened last weekend well um, said. here here but you know he he, shot, he caught the eye a few times um for, uh, for his previous chart he was with Miles Mullins um and on the the, the best of his um his heard this one from Miles Mullins he's, he's well handicapped the mark one two four um he was with a uh, comic final before moving to uh to, to David bridgewater and he's shown he's shown something um similar in, in, on all four starts um for David um and his last two runs have suggested that he's well worth a try at a, marath- a proper marathon trip, um, staying on late both times with cheek pieces on. So although he's hardly a, um, yeah, he's not a world beater, he's not a horse you'd think of as a, a national horse at all, or even a, even a sort of Scottish or Welsh national, um, this uh, thorough test should suit him. He's a sound jumper as well, and it's, it's well worth bearing in mind that in these races um, where there's there's the emphasis of largely on stamina, um, but you can't really afford to blunder your way around either. It, it tends to—it's all about conserving energy, really, isn't it? In races like this, yeah. um, and making bad mistakes is is not going to help you uh, over this kind of trip. Um, and salty boy, the one thing that he's done in the last couple of starts, he's jumped—he's jumped pretty well. He's—he's um, uh, he's not a spectacular jumper, but he's—he's he's, uh, accurate. Um, and the combination of the uh, of the a severe test and the weight he receives from some of the better horses here. He's, he's in the handicap proper, but he's on dead dead on 10 stone. Um, and I think that gives him a very good chance of winning this.
1: The DeLargy millions have clearly been in action because when I watched this market on Wednesday, he was 16s, I think, um, in around that 13 to two now. It's the best you can do. So the DeLargy millions are out there. Um, you got the trifecta with Little Red Lion. Just cheer him on. Just cheer him on for me. Um, if... I Just come home safe. And...
0: Uh, well, he's got youth to decide and he doesn't say does. very well. So, you yeah, know, it wouldn't be... It would not be a surprise to see Little Red
1: Lion. I strangely fancy him reasonably strongly, you know. And it's not that I've been told anything or anything like that at all. I just... There's some... I don't... Maybe it's owner maybe it's the fact that you feel like you own the horse I don't know but for some reason I just have a feeling he's going to run a monstrous race on Saturday Um, and uh, Fergus Gillard couldn't have given a a better report about him Um, he gave us a a video report about his run the last day and he was absolutely thrilled with him said there was plenty left in the tank and uh, yeah Uh, uh, I think 38 days off was was, was enough, sufficient for that little battle with Latour. And um, just cheer him on for me. Little red line. Come on. Shout out to the David Pipe Racing Club, which is going nuts currently on um, WhatsApp. The Lingfield Winter Derby Group 3 was thrust upon me by Paul Ferguson and Roy Tallarkey, who insisted... That this be added to the running order. We simply must discuss the flat. It's coming. Break. It's coming soon. Break. <laughs> it's coming soon. <laughs> we have to talk about it. Flat fans, you're getting what you want. Uh, jumps fans, we're only jumps fans. I apologize humbly for uh, Rory and Paul's uh, insistence that this be in here. Uh, Roy DeLarge.
0: It's a t- it's a pretty tight contest. It's not a it's not a particularly strong renewal of the uh, of the winter Derby. I didn't think. Um, although in saying that, we've had we've had uh, a mixed bag in uh, in recent times. The mm. like by Warrior looked very good in winning it last year. Uh, was a Hickon was a four to one on Pope, well, One of a couple of years ago.
1: That's right. Um, it would have been interesting to see
0: Bangkok, in here, but he's, he um, he had other uh, plans. Um, he's met Felix uh, the last twice. Uh, Felix coming out on top of Wolverhampton, and then um, uh, Bangkok winning over course and distance last time out. Although I um, so Felix was a little a little unfortunate the way that panned out. Um, didn't get he, he can be a step slow away, and he has been um, um, for his two defeats um, in recent times. Um, otherwise, he'd be um, he'd be on a, a longish winning sequence. Um, but yeah, he was he was a slow way here and then trapped at the back of the field in a slowly run race. Finished very strongly to beat half a length uh, by Bangkok, um, and I would have quite fancied his chances of um, uh, of making it two one in their uh, in their battles in this contest. But obviously Bangkok Gan um, decided to go elsewhere. Uh, Felix would probably be favourite. You're looking at the betting there, aren't you? Uh,
1: Felix is not favourite. My favorite, okay. Father, father, jazz. father yeah. yeah, father of jazz is a short price favorite, six to four. Felix, who I fancy quite reasonably strongly as well, and I thought you're right, would have beaten Bangkok on another day, uh, is eleven to four.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, I, it's not a race I'd be hugely confident about. I haven't, I haven't followed the um, uh, the polar action at Lingfield particularly closely this winter, but although um, although Father Jazz was very impressive last time out, right? he was beaten, you know. I, uh, an unbelievably exposed handicapper in Pactolus. Lovely horse Pactolus for Stuart Williams over the years. He's, he's won plenty I and mean been placed plenty in, in poly track handicaps, um, but he's a 10 year old and he's only getting four pounds from from uh, Father of Jazz that day. So um, that was very much style over substance. He did look impressive. The, the speed figure is not, the time figure not not particularly good um, for the race, but um, the, the finishing split was was fast. Um, and he's unexposed. So he could end up. He could end up being better than these rather of chance. But he does need to improve a little bit on what he's actually achieved so far. Having uh, won a handicap of ninety last time out, um, you know, uh, Felix was a winner of ninety six at Kempton in March. Um, Forest of Dean, the last time he ran in a handicap was was uh, rated one hundred and five, having won off a hundred. Uh, Johnny Dramas is one off ninety six, and Paris States one off ninety eight the other day. So. Um, yes, he's, um, you can, you can mark that performance up and say that was very impressive and he's, he's going to do better, but he's meeting a bunch of horses who are all rated, you know, six to 10 pounds higher than him mm. going into that race. So, um, that shows that, um, that a bigger performance is going to be necessary for him to win. I can see why he's the kind of horse you'd want on this race. He's improved with every start to date. Was impressive last time out over course and distance. Um, but these are all tough. All of these are tougher rivals. Yeah. I'd be inclined to be against finding a chance at the prices, um, just because you know uh, he does he does have a little bit to prove. Clearly, he's going the right way. He's the kind of horse if you don't have an awful lot of time to, to work through the form, you look at his um, you look at the last run, you look at his his form figures, and you think, yeah, this horse is going the right way, um, and I'll I'll take a chance of him improving again to win this. But I just I think his task is is uh, tougher than his odds would
1: suggest I kind of fancy the Felix Forrest of Dean reverse forecast actually and try and get the favourite beat but maybe that's absolute madness um,
2: Paul uh, yeah I'll echo what Rory said I did actually watch some of these back this morning when I knew we were going to talk about it I had court father of jazz at the time and I was pretty impressed with them but I had no idea the strength of the form so I had a little look back the third has one since but um, as Rory said you'd think he would need to improve to get to Felix level of form which obviously he can do he's only a four year old on the back of four career starts so um, but at the prices I'd say Felix has got the stronger form in the book so I'd I'd say i echo um, what
1: Rory said Three votes for Felix so and um, this brings us to Ireland and uh, the only race that we're going to talk about in Ireland uh, is the Bobby Joe Chase which has uh, um, as usual a massive field size Uh, how the commentator is going to handle uh, the amount of runners uh, that are in this is just beyond wait what's happened to the field it's completely fallen apart Uh, So we got acapella bourgeois in here with Danny Mullins. Shout out to Danny Mullins, who will be joining us Wednesday night for the Cheltenham Festival preview that you do not want to miss. Kate Tracy, Rory DeLarge, Jamie Benson from The Tote, Danny Mullins, and myself. Full details of when you can watch it. It'll be 7 p.m. on YouTube. Um... And uh, all of us will be tweeting from our social media accounts to let you know how to get there, how to see it, how to watch it. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell the in-laws that you absolutely despise. Uh, tell that workmate that is so annoying. Tell everybody. Final Friarland Podcast, tot- Cheltenham Preview Night. And fair play to the Toad for doing this, because they didn't have to. And uh, fair play to the team for for taking part as well, because this is going to be a lot of fun. It's basically a preview night that's a podcast on video. And yes, some of the team will be consuming alcohol. So things could get interesting. And uh, of course, because it's us, the running order is completely different to what normal... Cheltenham Preview Nights are like. Um, but look, I hope you enjoy it. Um, we've had a lot of fun doing Final Frontline Podcast Preview Nights over the years. My favorite one was actually the last time I was on a race course was last year at Ascot with Jess Stafford. Um, and I couldn't believe the crowd that turned up that night. And we had a blast. So I hope that we get a... I hope we get a, a good... good bunch of the FFP army of the final front podcast mug club coming out to um, watch us on YouTube. And uh, each of us, Kate Tracy, Rory DeLargie, uh Danny Mullins, uh, Jamie Benson, and myself, I'll, I'll be active again on Twitter by then, we uh, will each tweet a link to how you can watch us. So it's Wednesday night, and um, well, anything could happen. Uh, so Danny Mullins rides a cappella bourgeois, um, who they really fancied. For the Thaestes in my native Gorham Park, which I think I've said about 17 times on the show at this point. And um, went off joint favourite. Didn't quite work out, though. Annabelle Fly. Been knocking around for a while. Um, the Long Mile. Tu Parmi And the Grand National winner, 2021 Borough Saint. Roy DeLarkey.
0: Uh, yeah, and not much to say here. It's a slightly slightly disappointing um, turnout. There's, there's there's plenty of quality on offer. Um, I know Paul wants to say more about this than me, but I thought um, Burroughs seemed almost won by default um, back over fences, clearly with a national as his aim. Um, but with Annabelle Fly almost certainly going to need this, Acapella Bourgeois carrying um, eight pounds more than when he won it last year, and two a per m e disappointing in his last couple of starts. I thought it loops there for the. Uh, uh, for the likely favourite to, uh, uh, to win without too much hassle.
1: And this is the horse that you like uh, the same as me Paul. Uh, you're, you strongly fancy Borough Saint for the Grand National and have been uh, doing some anti-post betting. There may very well be a few dockets hidden in different areas that we'll then have to try and figure out wait where did I hide those dockets afterwards? Uh, when he goes to glorious victory uh in Aintree in April uh, I seriously I, I really fancy this horse to win the the Grand National and um this is the perfect prep it's a it's a proper it's a proper Grand National prep for um for William Mullins.
2: it is yeah this time last year I was pretty keen on him actually for the National they yeah, the, me one, too. the one negative I had last year was the fact that he was only seven um so obviously he's a year old now so uh I've been slightly disappointed with him. So I must, I must admit, I backed him for the national before he ran this season, and I was slightly disappointed with him at Claude Melby. I thought he probably blew up that day. There was a couple around the time um, of Willie's that were looking in need of the run, mm. uh, and then again last time um, in the Galway hurdle, but got the ground looked absolutely atrocious that day, so. I don't think it's a bad thing that if it was a case he was being looked after after his chance had gone by Rachel Blackmore. Um, He wore a hood that day. Uh, That's off again on Saturday by the looks of it. Um, Paul Townend back on board. As Rory said, the field's fallen apart somewhat. So um, I think if he's going to win the Grand National, he really needs to be bouncing back here. Um, Although I do think, looking back at his form, I do think slightly better ground suits him. Um, so, he'd obviously, he handles... I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as testing on Saturday as it was um, at Goran last time. So, there should really be no real excuses. Uh, fans of Albu and Foto of the Gold Cup will obviously probably want to see a cappella bourgeois go well from the front. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, ideally, he'll tow Borough Saints into the race for the longest possible, um, and then he'll take over and win. That's what I'm hoping.
1: Yeah, I think Danny will make all... Uh, as expected on Acapella Bourgeois, and uh, Paul would just sit in behind and apply the button whenever he feels like it, just push the button whenever he feels like it, basically. Um,
2: Hopefully, but at least I'd say I do think we need to see a little bit more than he showed in those two hurdles. Style, I
1: agree. So. I agree. Um, I mean, he, he's been beaten 45 and 40 links this season. Like, you can't get away from that. No.
2: But I say like to say the ground was pretty bad, I think. Yeah. It was Robbie Power who said afterwards it was arguably the worst ground he'd ridden on or something on racing TV or one of the pundits had said that they'd spoken to him off air. It looked absolutely horrific, it was
1: horrible. Yeah,
2: it did look bad. So yeah. I would have guessed that it's all been stepping stones towards this race and then towards entry, So yeah. I'm presuming and hoping that that the the word was if if once his chance had gone, um he did not need to be knocked about certainly anyway. And obviously, uh, William Mullins has a fine record in this race. He's won it 10 times and 8 times in the past 10 years. So, even though he's he's got the Gold Cup entry, I was hoping that, that this will be the second stone So, entry given him that couple of weeks extra and then, uh, hopefully he gets the win on the board and goes to entry and full fell.
1: And five consecutive wins for Irish champion trainer William Mullins as well, um, which should be added into the mix too. So, I'd be extremely disappointed if Borough Saint can take this and um, it, it's kind of back to the drawing board uh, I would warn that it, right now yeah weather's what's the weather forecast it's lovely uh, but there has been extremely heavy rain around Ireland which uh, Michael Kenny posse well oh Jesus Christ did I just do Hector sorry Hector uh, will we'll back me up on. So the ground at Fairy House is soft to heavy um, at the moment. So hopefully it'll be a little bit better. On Monday, David Mullins is our guest, by the way. Uh, so for the re- weekend review, make sure you tune in for David Mullins' analysis because he is quality. Oh, also, uh, you're getting a bonus podcast this week. Uh, remember that time I fell and got, got concussion?
0: You got knocked the fuck out! give me my goddamn money to pay back some ain't it
1: that podcast is finally going to arrive um, mysteriously I'm not telling you when it drops but mysteriously over the next few days that podcast is going to arrive in your inbox so you're getting back to back David Mullins and I hope that you enjoy it uh, and the scarring's all gone the it's all the swimming's gone all that stuff anyway so grand. that is the racing that's it there is a listed race well, this is Sprint Race at Lingfield. Uh, good luck with that. We uh, we did the Winter Derby, so that's enough. Um, the Final Fallen Podcast is very proudly brought to you by the Toast. And um, on Wednesday nights, we are doing a Cheltenham Festival preview night. We had a pre-production meeting for it today. Uh, it was scheduled for 20 minutes. It went on for about Four hours, um, so we're super excited and uh, super stoked about it. Uh, we're we're doing it on YouTube, Tube of You, um, so you can watch us there. Uh, each of us will tweet out a link uh, beforehand as to uh, how you can see it, see us, and um, hopefully, broadband will stay. <laughs> will hmm. <laughs> actually work <laughs> there'll be no issues <laughs> oh dear but um uh, I'm sure it'll be fine Um my broadband has been significantly improved recently Uh in fact I got a I got a supercharged broadband the other day it's the fucking badass uh, anyway so look Wednesday toast final full podcast Cheltenham preview night 7 p.m get ready. You can watch it on whatever device you want. Hook up your laptop to your TV, get out the popcorn and get out your notebook. Cause there's going to be plenty of gravy and a lot of strong opinions and maybe a few strong words as well, but nothing, nothing like just throwing in strong words for the sake of it. Uh, if somebody decides to use it, it will be in a comedic way. Uh, but we're looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, I'm. I'm very, very much looking forward to to doing this. It's it's different. Uh, and I applaud. I sincerely applaud the toad for doing this because they they could have just said, "No, we're doing podcast Cheltenham previews. We don't need to do this." They want to do Cheltenham preview night for you, and and so we're doing it. And we've got Kate Tracy, Roy Delargy, Jamie Benson, Danny Mullins, and Danny Mullins as you've heard him on the final for podcast before speaks his mind. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And Roy DeLargie certainly speaks his mind. And Kate Tracy is just uh, superb. And Jimmy Benson has been a listener of this show since day one and also has more anti post bets done for Sheltland than me. So that should tell you all you need to know about, uh, Jamie. um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, but anyway, with the Final farm Podcast... See, my more mouth words are just gone. The Final forum Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Uh, Tote is bringing back pool betting to the masses with better value, brilliant bets, and that slick new app. If you don't have get, have access to the app for some bizarre reason, just go on to Safari or whatever the Android version is, Google. Uh, go into tote.co.uk, and it's a brilliant mobile adapter. Site uh, with the new tote guarantee, you will never be paid less than SP on win bets. And of course, if the pool pays more, you will get the bigger price. That includes Saturday, uh, where you'll also be able to do the place pot and the scoop six. But more importantly, the tote put money back into the industry, and racing really needs that money far more than ever before at this time. So if you're going to be having a bet uh, at the weekend, on the horses that Paul and Rory have very kindly given you for free, then place the bet with the tote because you can have a big bet with them. You can have any bet with them. They'll never close your account because winners are more than welcome. So whether you're a, a five pound punter or a 500 pound punter, I don't care. It has nothing to do with me, what you do. It's your money, your choice. But the amount of complaints I've gotten from people about other bookmakers who have shut down people who literally bet two quid and gone. Nah, you're gone because they're backing horses at Dundalk that, at ten to one that go off at sevens and get beaten in the nose. Nah, you're out. you're out. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. So bet with the tote. Uh, you can only bet on race days, obviously. Uh, You're betting into a pool, but they will pay you the bigger price and um, they will kindly give you a risk-free bet on any of their pools as well. Terms and conditions do apply, but they always do in life. Uh, And also, Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide, available now uh, from Weatherby's. It is written by the superb and eloquent Paul Ferguson, uh, who lorded it over me over Everton's glorious 2-0 victory over my beloved Liverpool who are not the side of last year. Uh, so uh, the King of Merseyside uh, has produced yet again uh, an exceptional read and um, it really is essential. The analysis that you get, the fact that Mark Harrod is part of it this year as well is so cool. Uh, but Rory DeLarge is in there as well. Uh, of course he is. Rory DeLarge is everywhere, but mainly on the Final Furlong podcast, thankfully. Um and uh, you can get it for fifteen ninety dollars is in print or digital. If you're listen- listening to this on Friday the 26th of February, it is available now. I prefer the digital edition. I prefer the PDF. And they will send that out straight away. So you'll have it very, very quickly in your inbox. And you can get stuck in to Cheltenham Study straight away for the whole weekend. Unbelievable detailed analysis. Uh, I don't know how Paul has the energy and the focus of mind to produce such a terrific publication, but it is essential essential reading. It really is fifteen ninety five. But because you are a Final Furlong podcast listener, we got you back with Weatherbees five pounds off with the promo code Final. 21 all one word lowercase f-i-n-a-l-2-1 all together uh, at bettrendshop.co.uk five pounds off with final 21 lowercase and the two numbers we got you back we're looking after you here at the final forum podcast of course we got you back at the final forum podcast you, you know we always do uh, and if you haven't entered our competition yet as well by the way for the final forum podcast merch it's very very simple you literally only have to retweet and tweet hashtag ffp Club. so go do that and you could have a boatload of final Furlong podcast merch courtesy of our friends at hacked and uh, the final Furlong podcast right best bets paul sorry i was on
2: mute there for a minute uh trying to avoid the beard Um, the the poker chips (laughs) the
1: the The poker poker chips the people were convinced I was playing online poker with real poker chips yeah of course I was
2: Uh, I need to buy some airpods (laughs) right anyway um, Kempton we've covered most races the horse I'm most interested in backing at Kempton on Saturday will be Gunsite Ridge in the first Um, a novice into a handicap company ran well in a handicap and a handicap debut actually at Newbury recently in heavy ground where he travelled up well behind Gowell Road, who has since come out and won again. Um back at Newbury, better ground and going up and trip. Two positives um for Ollie Murphy's six year old. He's also I liked back in his point of points when he beat I was called um Pat Fancy who is now in training with Rebecca Curtis and is rated 133 over hurdles. Um he was a winner at Foslas over so Maiden an Hurdle and finished runner up in a grade three over three miles. A- at uh, Cheltenham, so that point to point form on good ground is is strong. It's not particularly well in on 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 all hurdles, on all known form of hurdles, but I do think there could be significant improvement for returning to better ground and stepping up in trip. So you'd be the one I'd be looking to back on Saturday. The same connections actually I have another one in the interesting horse in the opener at Newcastle called Lord of carac um, he was a little bit disappointing in the Grade 2 lemmington and obviously, at the last time, but uh, things didn't go right from an early stage. Um, I think a line can be drawn through that. He, he'd really look quite progressive when um, he finished second behind Wilder About Oscar and also behind Adramel, who of course won the Lemmings and then he won it at um, Yatoxa, appreciating the step-up and trip. Um, I'd imagine he'd be a pretty short sure price on uh, Saturday. He's up against a couple of nice Northern novices, but um, I'd be disappointed if he couldn't bounce back uh, to, to winning ways. But it's probably in terms of um, a bet at the prices, it would be Gunsight Ridge, and if I just touch on one more on Sunday, yeah, absolutely. We want the gravy, uh, mate. Give it to us again. He, he's he's probably more a horse just just to keep an eye on for the future. He was really impressive when he won his bumper, Jerry Colomba. And trained by Gordon Elliott. I get the impression that he's not going to form part of Elliott's champion bumper squad. Um, he won by 24 lengths after Ferry was on debut on heavy ground. And he actually looked, I wouldn't say he looked in trouble, but he looked like he had a race on turning for him and all of a sudden he was just miles clear. I was just really impressed with the performance. I think he'll be a smart uh, novice hurdler next year. There's another horse in the, in there called Highland Charge who um Beat the ill fated reality check at Fairy House back on um, Hatton's Grace Day. So, the fact that he's been off since suggests that uh, maybe all hasn't been right with him. So, because we didn't see him enter in any of the bigger bumpers at Christmas or at Dublin Racing Festival. So, hopefully, he gets declared as well. So, Jerry is not too sure, surprise, but. We certainly wants to, to, to watch with the future in mind, even if he isn't a betting proposition on Sunday.
1: I think Jerry Colombo is a horse that they think an awful lot of as well. Uh, possibly is a long-term project, but that doesn't mean he can't win. It doesn't preclude him from winning at the weekend. But you're right, I would be very surprised if he made the trip to Shelton. Um, but Gunside Ridge, Gunside Ridge sounds like the one that you're most yep. keen on. And that horse runs in the first at Kempton. The one fifteen live on Racing TV on Saturday. Uh, Roy Delargy.
0: I will uh, stick to my guns uh, with finger in the switch in the Close Brothers Handicap. Come on, DeLargy, um, come on! Should be plenty of places on offer there and he'll be written uh, to pick up the pieces later on by Millie Um uh, So back on good grind, he should run much better than he has this season.
1: 20 to 1. You gotta go for it. Rory hasn't put up a big-priced horse for a while as a nap, and he's going for it. Twenties. Let's make this gamble happen. Let's have this horse five to one on the day. Finger on the switch. The gamble of the entire year goes in. Right, looking forward to it, and uh, looking forward to your company on Wednesday as well for our Cheltenham Festival Preview Night. Uh, It is in partnership with The Toast. Uh, We're very much looking forward to it great to have danny mullins back on board uh, but the ffp regular team of kate tracy roy jalargie and uh, our uh, our final front podcast tag along uh, from the toe jamie benson who is not just some bloke uh, who sits there saying all the right faces are on he actually knows his stuff and he's got some great insight into racing so i'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say too and uh, he's not afraid to get stuck in and have a have a bit of a spat with someone if he thinks they're completely wrong uh, and there may or may not be a final for podcast bingo regarding me uh run up by uh rory and kate so uh, i won't find out anything about that until the night because that's th- that's how we roll we uh, we just do things like that but anyway wednesday night 7 p.m uh on the dot Don't miss it. And uh, I really hope you enjoy it. And I hope you enjoyed this edition of the show as well. Uh, Thank you so much, Paul Ferguson. Best of luck with the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide. I hope with the uh, promo code FINAL21 that um, all of our listeners take full advantage, get the gravy, which of course then costs Weatherby's a bit of cash. But, you know, that's their decision and we're here for it and we're here for the gravy as well so uh, again final lowercase final 2-1 21 all together I'm really looking forward to reading it tomorrow my friend and um, the very best of luck with it
2: thank you thanks for the kind words Emmett.
1: Uh, as always my man as always and uh, I'm looking forward to having you back on for one of our daily Cheltenham Festival previews as well uh, which should be uh, an enormous amount of fun we're, we're, we have recording dates worked out already so there will be uh, individual Cheltenham festival previews for the, each day of the festival for the final fallen podcast and uh, Paul for, if he could, eh, Paul features on one of those dear god uh, lack of caffeine is making me fail completely Roy DeLargy, uh great article again to come in the Irish field this weekend I presume indeed and uh, some content for the Irish Daily Star perhaps uh,
0: if, well if I can get it done by the time the deadline
1: comes around oh shit well then you better go uh, that's it from us uh, from Roy Delargy. goodbye and good luck From Paul Ferguson. Goodbye and good luck. And from me, Emma Kennedy. Thank you so, so much for listening. We will see you Monday with David Mullins and Kate Tracy as we review all the racing. And then Wednesday for our Cheltenham Festival Preview Night, where you can actually see us all in our homes. It's going to be so weird, but a lot of fun as well. Uh, Thank you for listening. Look after yourself.
2: The final furlong podcast is proudly brought to you
1: by Tote. Try Tote today and get a risk free bet on the pools.